the Grey Hat Beard podcast. Hello and welcome to show 52 of Grey Hat Beard Princess, the modern workplace podcast where we talk about all things Microsoft 365. I'm the Grey of Grey Hat Beard Princess. My name's Kevin McDonnell. I'm the head of practice for modern workplace at CPS and office apps and services MVP. Uh, my name's Al Erdley. I'm the Hat and I work at Microsoft in the Microsoft Technology Centre. And my name's Gary Trinder. I'm the Beard. Uh, I'm a modern work consultant at Microsoft. Hi, I'm the Princess. I'm Louisa and I'm Microsoft 365 consultant and MVP as well. And we are joined by a guest today. Uh, Michael, would you like to introduce, introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Michael, I'm the guest, and uh, I'm Power Platform Consultant in a small company in Germany right now. And um, yeah, that's about it for the moment, I would say. <laughs> for the moment. Now, that is optimism that I like, and that is the kind of go-getting spirit that we like on Grey Hat Beard. I like to start with <laughs> just slow and then take things <laughs> off the roof. Right. <laughs> now you're setting expectations. <laughs> um, so this is part one. We're going to be talking about uh, a few bits of news that we've seen recently and pick up. And the first one is, uh, I think it was Al, did you find this? Or Gary, about Microsoft. Now, I'm going to say Priva, but I think one of you disagreed with me and, and thinks it's Priva, is it? Oh, I've heard it called Priva and Priva. Um I think, to be honest, I think the name will be quite confusing for people um, just because you're going to be typing things in trying to find it. it's going to be Priva or Privacy, but it is an abbreviation of Privacy, basically. Um, and it is, I guess, a set of new new features um, that are basically being branded under this Priva um, brand name. Um, so it's bringing together, I think it's got two things in it at the moment. So it's got the... Um, the ability to do subject privacy requests at the moment uh, and it's starting to do some data classification as well uh, and protecting protecting data um, so it's it's features that are very similar to to what's currently available under the compliance um the compliance manager yeah so i think as soon as agree on how we will pronounce it they will change the name so this is at least my very educated <laughs> guess on this and um, yeah so i think it's just like uh, making it easier for our organizations to see where is our personal data exposed because uh, people want to know and most probably we're overexposing our personal data um it's of course ai infused so um that will help a lot but still i think it is somehow rebranding what was already there. Plus, um, if they do so, it will be just like easier for customers to adopt this because everything that is hard for customers, just um, governance is hard, compliance is hard, privacy is hard, transparency is hard. They do not really want to think about that and they do not really want to put effort into that. And then just like, yeah, I can just buy a license and then it automatically works. That is a nice promise. And I feel like this could be just like not very true because still we will need to do things. And still there will be uh, consultants and developers being needed to just implement all the stuff so that it works correctly. So there is no just like put this target uh, on the right side or just like switch it on. Um, 
for uh, for privacy. But still, they managed to just like have another brand and another confusing thing and another uh, additional license to sell. So um, I think we will um, we will notice uh, in the future how how this works out. I, I guess one thing I'm a bit confused is if I've got an E5 license already, I've got my compliance things. Do, do I need to pay more for this or is this any different to kind of doing compliance checks using that? I, I don't quite see what the difference is. Yeah, well, so uh, let's talk about licensing. So this is one of my very favorite oh, topics now let, in the world. There's a phrase oh. you don't hear very often. <laughs> this this must be a record that we've got to licensing so early. <laughs> um, so uh, of course there is, so like everything that could be uh, just like at least um, remotely uh, interesting for customers, there is a free trial. Um, Yes, if there is a free trial, your E5 subscription won't be enough. So it's very likely that they will set this up. I think it's not um, finished right now, This um, how, how they will sell it, but only if you have, um, and I will need to look it up, if you have E3 or E5, then you, you can just like do this free trial. So if you're some kind on, um, some kind of business license, like uh, less than 300 seats uh, in your organization, that you're not eligible uh, for that. And uh, this means they are targeting enterprises, uh, just like uh, very huge organizations, where it really makes sense, uh, because most likely the smaller organizations are not very likely to pay this fee, for this additional fee. Yeah, it is all it is the enterprise licenses. Um, so you you don't have to have E5 to get Priva, and I think that's an important element of it. Is yeah. you know, it's it's not mandatory to have E5. Yeah, you can do with E1 and E3 as well. Yeah, but you need to be in enterprise. So it will give you more capabilities than you could with the the kind of standard E5, yeah. where you could search for personally identifiable information. There's there's more capabilities to manage it within that. Yeah, and it is, it is, you know, the services that are in there, it's a couple of services that are available at the moment. It's not the full E5 compliance management of, you know, there's none of that automagically labeling things or anything like that. That still sits right. firmly within the, the E5 compliance suite of tools. And you can tell that uh, this actually is the case because this is not um, available for a GCC. And this just like uh, reflects the differences that we see between uh, GCC and the uh, usual enterprise um, cloud. So I, I think it's just like um, it's exciting right now to see um, if customers will adopt this and if this will become a thing. Um, I would just like lean back and wait until they rename it. After that, Sorry, I, I just <laughs> <want> to... <laughs> maybe a question for Louise and Michael. I know that there's a lot around kind of personal information when it comes to Germany and the Workers' Council. Uh, Don't get always... me started. <laughs> Will this be more useful for them? Another thing to argue about or do you think it's more relevant there? I think it might be an opportunity, though. Um, if it's if, if I if I get it this correct, this is somewhere between the, the thing that comes with the E3 license and the E5 license. It's somewhere in between, right? Like makes it a little bit easier to get into, into compliance. And I think that might be a good opportunity. Um, although I think it would That's also need some, uh, need some 
uh, support or maybe consultants to really get them and to deliver, deliver that to the customers because um, yeah. from my experience, it's difficult, especially for not only workers' concerts, but for the German market to adapt to the uh, whole thing when a great, uh, a big software company gives you something that makes your life better. And it's like, I think the German market is always like, nah, I don't know, is it though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, my my experience is um, quite similar on that. And I feel like, so yes, German customers are just like quite hesitant uh, when it comes to adopting cloud technologies. Uh, they're just like very, yeah, really hesitant because there is just like all kind of very uninformed uh, and undereducated guesses like, well, this is not secure. It can't be compliant. It is, it is someone else's computer. Um, Okay, chip us all. Something, some conspiracy theory um, as well. But when it comes to uh, just like rational arguments, and if you tell them, so yeah, so um, you just like uh, fear that you could overexpose personal data. What if you flag this data? What if you tag it so so that this is recognizable, so that we can just like protect your data? Then they're like, exactly. yeah, but for that we needed to tidy up, and then so like, yeah, you should tidy the fuck up. And they're like, no, 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 we have no time for that. There is no budget for that. There is no one who would just like um, Let's just want turn to take the responsibility yeah. for that. Yeah. Can we just like throw this under the carpet and then just like deal as if nothing had happened, and then blame the cloud? That sounds familiar. That sounds but much that, easier. That much easier yeah, than actually yeah. implementing stuff, right? <laughs> and if you do not implement stuff, then you also do not need to care about your users and their behavior as well, because yeah. you did not implement it's, it. It's a win-win. You do not need to take care of your developers because if you did not implement anything, then they <laughs> don't, do not need to extend something. <laughs> it is just like a win-win-win situation. <laughs> Okay, so sorry. Right, moving on quick. Because <laughs> I'm going to start going soon as well. Reminding me that why I left the joys of large enterprises. Um, and to move to the joys of consultancy, will you get, look, this is going to be a seamless link. Just wait for this one. Uh, move to the joys of consultancies. Whereas one of the challenges, though, is that you end up with lots of different tenants. Now, nicely on the roadmap was announced uh, this week coming up is you're going to get a little bit of tenant switching. So for some of the Microsoft 365 web apps, you can have the ability to quickly it does say quickly switch context in order to stay productive. So this is where you have multiple tenants. Could be because you're a consultant working with lots of different ones. Could be you're working for a big company and you've got a kind of development tenant, a, de a test tenant, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Or, or maybe you've got two merged uh, tenants from uh, mergers and acquisitions. But this seems to be a bit a bit like um, for those who've used the Azure portal. You've got a nice little button at the top to be able to switch tenants uh, and jump between different things. And it's all going to be easy and it's going to make life a lot better, right? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Smile, <laughs> smiling and nodding for those who are listening. There's lots of smiling and nodding. I, I feel like Gary should go first on that one. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, looking at, at this announcement, it, it's kind of, well, we've already given you this in other applications, and now we're just going to add it to a few others. So, you know, things like Azure DevOps, Azure Portal, it's already been there. You've already got the little drop down of the different um, 
tenants that you can switch to. So it's kind of, well, we're just extending this out to apps that you use in 365. So Outlook Web and OneDrive is is uh, uh, two of, of the examples. And I think I'd like to think that this has been pushed through with the by OneDrive and Outlook being candidates that it's the you know, I use both of those, but I've used them as the PWA apps as well, the progressive web apps. So not the desktop apps. And it's that movement towards these new newer style of applications that are you know, web but running on your on, on your desktop um that it's adding those extra features in and yeah i'm happy for it to to arrive in uh, outlet web definitely um because i do switch between different um different accounts so anything that makes that easier and i can do it in the same window rather than having to have different profiles uh, that's so always he, a good thing you you mentioned devops and the azure portal um mm. you've been able to do it there uh, and, and obviously the way we handled things before was to have lots of other Chrome or Cred uh, profiles. Uh, so does this mean when you're using the Azure portal, do you just flip between things in that rather than having different profiles now? Yeah, you just do it within the portal itself rather than having to have multiple instances of um, of, of um of, of your profile so if if you've got one account that's in multiple tenants you can easily switch. but is this this is slightly different though isn't it this is account switching oh so you Ooh. think this isn't so this is, tenant this is switching multi-account so account is... switching feature users will be able to sign into multiple work or personal accounts in the same browser so this is the but account and then switch between them in an app. And I feel oh, you've so, just blown so my I, bubble. I, I, I feel like there is also just like two aspects that I would just like uh, emphasize here. So first thing is, from a technical perspective, I'm not really sure if this does not fuck up everything, just like with SSO and all my credentials, <laughs> and just like and still I'm logging out and in again, just like all the time. So this is my my technical concern and the other thing is just like more uh working behavior so is it really a good thing to just like merge contexts uh in which we work or is it still easier to say okay i now i will deliberately go into my i don't know development environment oh into that tenant where i used to do this for customer a and after that i will do something for customer b and not doing all the all things all together and just like context switching all the time because we know the more we do that the less likely it is that we can focus and i think this is just like whereas if you have different idea. profiles you can have them next to each other at the same time and, and then you're even quicker switching that context uh, right yes and it I should not be quicker in that. So I think we should just like be slowing <laughs> down things. I feel like it's it's so uh, if you're a little bit like me, it's just like super important just like to to choose. OK, so now I will focus on this one task. And if you give me too many choices and if you make it too easy for me to just like do a gazillion things at the same time, then it's very likely that I do not get stuff done at all. True. Yeah, I, I think. So, sorry, go on now. I was going to say that, that where so where I've used this in the apps and the native apps a lot is OneDrive. Sorry, OneNote. Having OneNote from so personal tenant, work yeah. tenant. Yeah, that's true. 
and that's that's i think that, that doesn't works. that doesn't yeah that well except yeah, when it doesn't sink except when it doesn't yeah. um <laughs> but that's one of that's one that's really easy you know when you need to yeah. swap between the contexts, which i find very very helpful um i think seeing this go into the web apps that'll make a difference um i have found it with things like sensitivity labels it starts to get really quite awkward when you're logged in with multiple accounts well actually which sensitivity labels are coming down um yes. and which ones are you applying so i think there are certain scenarios where you kind of look at it and go it's actually easier just to keep it separated yeah. um but so i i feel like so um we nerds we think about m365 literally 24 7. which, and is, this which is, is depressing yeah. And, 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 and I, I, I find this um, inspiring, but uh, sure. <laughs> it's just like, so we're all different and I can respect your opinion. Um, but uh, there are just like people, just like normal people with normal jobs, and they do not want to think about this all the time. They already have a job and they are good at this, most probably, or some of them are. Um, they do not, <laughs> I, I don't know them, so. Everyone, of course, yeah, is super awesome. But they, they do not want to think about, yeah, and if I'm logged in here, those sensitivity labels are will be applied. Or yeah. um, if I if I do too many tenants at oh. once in one node, then it might be that the sync engine that sits behind one node does not work properly. They do not want that. It should just work. Question. And I feel, yeah. Go, Michael. Sorry. If you are one of those normal people, right, not thinking about M365 the whole time, how likely Sorry, is it I don't that understand you... this question. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't asked it. Um, how likely is it that you have to switch between different tenants or accounts, ah, actually? Uh -huh. So I can Because I know that it's from... Sorry, I'm, I'm doing that with a client at the moment, and uh, we're doing tests for the intranet, and uh, some of the, the people there are having to go into a dev one to kind of see the POC, and then in test, they're going to do the UAT to create the content and go into live, and and so I've had to educate everyone in setting up edge profiles and things on there. This would be a lot easier to be able to kind of have that drop down and move between everyone. environments. We'd have different colors from there. So not massive numbers, I, I do agree. But when when you do, and I, I think the other one I, we've we've worked with a few clients recently with mergers and acquisitions, and there's a process where they end up with two different accounts, and they have to, you know, there's some stuff here and there's some stuff over there, and uh, I think to Louise's point, yeah, they tied it up completely, and it doesn't take ages and years and years for this stuff to happen, to for that to be able to kind of jump between different tenants would be useful. So, um, not not so many. I think the yeah, mergers, I the mergers think and I, acquisitions I, 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 is the is the probably the biggest scenario yeah. that I see in in a commercial space. Other than that, it would be people using their own devices for personal tenants and BYOD. And it, you know, yeah. in particular, you know, there's more and more push to personal tenants, personal teams, Windows 11. I can see more and more scenarios where people are using their own devices for both work and and play. Mm. Uh, so everyone. Who's creating content for a living? Any agency, any uh, copywriter, anyone who needs to deliver some kind of content and needs to do that in a certain environment will be tenant switching. And they do not need to be an M365 expert or whatsoever. They just need to do their job and they only want to do their job. And they do not want to think about, whoa, what is going on here now? Just because they have three customers. Yeah, good point. Yeah. 
does does need to be balanced between the accidental oh i've just put it into the wrong the wrong tenant the wrong saved it into the wrong one drive but i mean did you never prepare a demo in the wrong tenant oh By default, when you start in the wrong channel, don't you? I absolutely (laughs) did not do that today. (laughs) (laughs) Today was the worst day since yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's let's carry on so we can get on to uh, some of the other news. And uh, Gary, you you picked up a few things from the SharePoint roadmap pit stop. Now, when not going to try and go through every single little last uh, one of these because there's some nice ones. I'd, I'd love to see the new Jira and Confluence connectors for Microsoft Search. Uh, it was good to see to bring the things through. Um, it's all about search. I love me a bit of search. Um, there was nice happy birthdays from outside your meeting hours. I'm trying to find the ones you think. Oh, a nice bit of Viva Topics news, but Kev, move on, let it go. Uh, don't obsess with topics uh, too much. So like this one. This this go. this one that we've just got to has made Al very happy, I think. Uh, and this is the uh, pairing the uh, the Teams channels and the uh, the naming uh, between the Teams channels and the SharePoint folders underneath, because uh, it's been an issue. Woo. Yeah, exactly. Who needs consistency, right? Um, so yeah, so this has now been um, been brought in. So future. You know the the names will be uh, will be kept um, similar. No, they but it's are not fixing gonna... a bug and they are calling this a feature <laughs> again. A feature. <laughs> so, I completely agree. So we know you create a team, you create a channel. In this moment, a folder representing this channel will be provisioned on that SharePoint site, and of course, until now. This is just like a one-time thing. So there is no sync in between of those both worlds. And we taught users for five years now, do not rename channels because you will break everything and just like in the distance, sirens. Yeah, so it, it will be just like, it, it does not work. So now they fix this bug and they sell this as a feature. Are they kidding me? And it's just like, um. So still, I have opinions on that. <laughs> even <laughs> even if it does work, yeah. So you have a channel. This channel has a purpose. So content lives in this channel, and now you give users that option to rename that channel. And yes, well, they've always it had it. Yeah, I, I know, but <laughs> it, it was not recommended. But now they recommend this, and we tell people, hey, this is no big deal. And so um, there, there's perhaps a channel, and it lives already for two years. So there's a lot of conversations going on in that. There's a lot of content um, in the document library, and even in the associated libraries that we can have as well. And now you give users that option to rename that channel. And let's say it's not a stupid typo. <laughs> This means they are literally rebranding something. And I think But you're exactly right, Louise, because if if you change the name of a channel because you've typed it in wrong, that's one thing. And that'll save a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of deleted channels that you then have to wait ages to get rid of. And then you get left with the folders after the channel's gone. And oh, it's all very confusing and users don't understand it. Um, but if it's you've had the channel for two years, you've had people putting comments in and chats and referencing documents that are stored in those channels. 
I'm hoping all of those historic chats will actually be updated so that all those links will carry on working after the the channel has been renamed. You mean yeah, the Lightspeed the, Cannon rename feature? feature? Yeah, and, and also, <laughs> you know, any Power Automate flows that are pushing things into that channel will carry on just using the so, GUID, obviously, because... I was going to say, most of those use the ID anyway, don't they? So, like, which is why you get the 20-page long... Uh, yeah, and, and, this so. is, and, and this is why we, we can never anywhere just, like, search for the display name of a channel and then get the ID from that, just, like, to just, like, execute any script. So this will break things. And I promise... So yeah, this is just, like, a job guarantee. I mean, I like it. <laughs> and and it's interesting to read the detail, right? Is that if you've got a a broken folder at the moment, it will only fix it when you rename it, right? So it's going to change it as you rename it. So it's going to sync them back together. But then there's the OneDrive element where you're syncing as well. And the bit that makes mm, me kind of chuckle a bit is mm. if you're syncing the whole library the change will be reflected. But if you're just doing a specific folder, it doesn't. So oh, you end oh, up with so two Gary, different that, names, that right? Just adds, so what <laughs> oh, happens well, if I've got a file oh, open oh, on, oh, my in, no. yeah, on my machine that's been synced down and you've changed them? Oh, no, you've just broken my head now. It's, yeah, it, it's the, yeah, it's the yes, had. this has been fixed. But <laughs> I, I agree with, with Louise is that whilst it's right. fixing things, right. it could also be right. breaking as many things. <laughs> so right. be careful We're with your renaming. The next item. <laughs> We're going to go positive. We're going to go positive on the next one. Microsoft 365 connected tenant templates. This is good news, right? This, this is good yes. stuff, I think. Yeah, ev evolution of provisioning out of the box in Teams is something which has been asked from from like, you know, the very first day people wanted to replicate Teams, right? And and, and that kind of cloning of Teams was really, really basic um, to the point where you couldn't really call it provisioning. Um, and now it's started to progress, right? We added, we got the templates coming in and we could define like, you know, the project teams and, and, and things like that. So now it's starting to evolve in that it's also including um, uh, Power Platform integrations as well um, in SharePoint. So they'll automatically get uh, get provisioned uh, and updates to, you know, tabs. So. I notice it doesn't mention planner at the top, but it seems to have planner no, on got... the screenshot. So I don't know if that's a sneaky yeah. kind of misdirection mm. going on there or. But uh, ho hopefully it will clone the planner boards as, as well. Um, I do also notice they sneak the wiki onto the But No, no, sorry. Don't talk about the wiki. We're being positive now. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> I think we all agree that we all have opinions on the wiki. I don't yeah, think we, we would agree on the wiki. We, prob yeah. we probably all share the same opinion on the wiki. Yeah. <laughs> What's what is the first thing when you you do when you create a channel? Delete the wiki. Delete. Yeah, delete yeah. the wiki. That is exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I think good news there. I think it's good news for us Mac fans out there. I, I need to give this a try. Actually, I haven't uh, rolled this out, but uh, if you're Mac, you the OneDrive Sync will run natively on Apple Silicon. Um, it, so annoyingly, that, I haven't seen anything that actually talks about what it uses. I'm guessing it's performance improvements, so I'm all all for that, which is good. Sorry, Al. Yeah, so known folder move. You have not had that on on Mac. Yeah, yeah that's come into Mac. Oh, okay. It's oh, it's just wow, it's, been, it's been a while, right? The folder. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Stuart had noticed that. Um, what was the other one that we jumped out that was nice? Was the focus time, wasn't it? Which I can't see. Yeah, here, Gary. It's so uh, this oh, is kind of what's coming. So so it's it's in this post, but it's something to look out for. And I, I actually quite like the idea of this is that from in Viva Insights, obviously we've been able to set our own focus time as individuals and that that's great. But I can see you're in a team of people and everyone's got focus time at different times. It's going to be chaos, right? Because everyone's going, I'm free, but oh, you're not because you're focusing and it's not great. Um, but this is a kind of enhancement um, to as as the manager of, of a team, you're able to kind of set up shared plans so shared focus and share that across um uh, your team so you have some consistency um and i really quite like that idea because i think anything to help people you know even just to think about okay we need to start thinking about what we're doing as a team and our how we work as a unit rather than just as individuals i think uh, is is really useful so yeah it's nice to to see those uh, that update come into insights Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Because this comes down to um, what I think. What is the core of the idea of collaboration? Just as like considering, do we have just like a shared and common understanding of what we do together? Instead of yes. yeah, so uh, I know what I like, and you do you. <laughs> Whatever works yeah. for you. So this seems like, or it, it sounds like, just like as if I was a totally tolerant person. I'm, I'm trust me, I'm not. Uh, but it, it's just like it's. It's my. It's it's not making sure that our goals and our working behavior is. People didn't laugh as is, much at that as I thought they might. So. <laughs> so it's 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 then not really aligned. And I feel like if um if we as a team decide this, and if this is just like an, a feature in an app or in a service, and if we then think about how we as an organization could adopt this, and then that leadership mm. of course will show, hey, this is okay, and <laughs> uh, this is encouraged to schedule um. Just like group focus time. So yes, I will work on my own, but you all will as well. And if you combine stuff like that with just like meeting free Friday or something like that, it could be a really powerful um, instrument to just like um, ensure that we have time to work on our stuff because we all need this deeply focused time where it just like nothing happens at all. So I always say, can I just listen to angry music and build stuff? So it's just like I, I want to immerse myself and I do not want to be bothered with <laughs> favorite anything. afternoons. Yeah. Yes. Just like that. And I, I feel it's um it could be powerful. It could even be more powerful if we decided, yes, let's have meetings on one day of the week and the rest of the week is just like meeting free. God, yeah, well, I no. think that is kind of a developer view that you have there. I don't think that would work. But <laughs> the point is, developer ways. And, and, and I'd really like to emphasize this. This is scalable. This idea scales very well. And that is a good thing. I just have, a, have an example about that because uh, I was working with my team right now, um, eight people, and we had four meetings and five polls about when should be our focus time. And we haven't decided yet. It, <laughs> we wasted so much time on this because simply we have too many possibilities. I mean, you have five work days um, um, around noon or in the afternoon or whatever. We couldn't agree on something until I think the manager said, OK, we are doing focus time now on Tuesday afternoons or something. And I don't know what else. But 
it's, 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 an, it's an interesting conversation because I've been working with a lot of clients and we've been talking about, you know, the power of the, the, the manager of a team to actually shape the direction. You know, so you could have two teams who are both working the same set of objectives, but they're working in different ways. You know, so one might be, well, we're going to be in the meet in the office all the time. The other might be we're going to be remote all the time. Surely it's got to be the, the, the manager or the team lead who has the final say. And, and that's the the culture that you build in that team. Yeah, within meetings or like in re- remote action. And you haven't thought about time zones yet. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, no. <laughs> Gary will talk well, about well, async we, in a we second. We think about time zones all the time. <laughs> yeah. So the nice one about time zones, and there's a, a, another article about what's new in Microsoft Teams, and now you can at least see what time zone different people are in. So when you're chatting to them, it makes it very clear what time zone uh, they're in, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, it appears from this image, Megan is actually in the time zone of 2020, uh, which is where she started with Ignite. But um, at, at least you can see where people are in the same time zone, um, different stuff that I think it's I've seen this hit out and it's really useful. It's just a small tweak on there. And I love the story. Um, I, I love listening to Microsoft Cloud Show with um, Chris Johnson and and uh, AC, Andrew Connell, uh, and they talked a while back how the, you know, in Outlook, you can have two different time zones next to each other, which is really useful. Apparently, it was Chris Johnson who originally suggested that. So if you ever see him, buy him a beer and thank him for that one. That's this this little improvement is something that I know we've discussed is why is it taken so long to get here, right? Because other <laughs> systems do this. Slack does it. Um, we use Basecamp for, for uh, CLI um, for managing that. And we're a global team and that's had it in there. So when I'm trying to send a message to someone, it's like, you know, this is their local time. Right. And and it's just that reminder. Um, but it, it, it's just adds just so much that you know when you're working with people in different time zones it's that you know well actually yeah i'm in this meeting but you know the people who are joining are joining at all different times of their day and it's good just to build up that that context with with people you don't necessarily know right you don't necessarily work with them day to day but um yeah i think i think it's a really good feature that's that's been added small thing but massive value uh, absolutely um, good yeah but i mean time zones are hard and this is why it took them they so long <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's funny you say oh uh, two time zones in outlook i've currently got four uh in mine really? um wow yes and i definitely I only have three <laughs> yeah. um and uh, other news on this one, this I'm going to put down to the Kev, you're getting old uh, list because there was a chat density and you could have tighter density and bring all your chat messages closer together. I had to turn it off after about half an hour because I was just finding myself staring at the screen, trying to kind of read up and down and see the right thing. I was like, oh, I, I, I agree with really you, would have jumped on this straight away. I really wanted it. I really wanted it. It just didn't work and it depressed me a lot. So most probably they should rebrand this and just like do it for just like elderly people like us. <laughs> yeah, old person teams. Do you think they'd have a lot of uptake if they went and the old person's view versus the young person's view? We should we should stay in brand and say classic experience. Yeah, classic. Oh yes, the modern and the classic experience. Yeah. That was a good one. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. 
Um, Gary, you notice one of these, uh, trying to think about nice modern new things and ignoring my impending age and losing hair. Um, power also my actions for meetings, teams, channels and chats, which is just a couple of lines. But I, I think you, you brought that out as something it, it, it could be big, could be really useful. Yeah, I think so. I think um, even when I saw this, I was kind of like, oh, I'd not heard many other people talk about this, but I think it's actually the actions that have been added in to uh, especially create Teams meetings um, uh, is something that's really powerful. I think there's a lot of use cases that could be, okay, you know, something like, uh, let's say incidents, you want to set up a team, um, you want to get a meeting set up and, and put people into that team. I think that initial starting point, right, of just creating that team has, has been something that's been difficult before and now it's been power automate it's going to be much much easier to to set up those kind of scenarios so yeah i think that's a i think that's a a, a good move uh, and it's certainly i know that people have been asking for this we've had requests for the cli um as well mm. how can i create a, a teams meeting um and and that's definitely things now i'm going to go back and look at and say <laughs> okay well how is this how is this working um but yeah, yeah but I, the grant I, I like API must be in for it then if it's it's there in power automate so yeah um i think it's it's been one of those things that it, it's obviously a teams meeting is not just teams right it's lots of other things uh it's outlook and exchange and all, all those uh, different services uh all coming together to provide that that service so um but i think again if it's in power automate it's going to be simple right it's not going to be i have to send things in azure and write some code and all that kind of stuff um which is going to put people off those um trying to you know build those scenarios so so i think that's that's the exciting part uh, uh for me i stumbled upon the new trigger when a user leaves a team and uh, this is going to be super powerful. So I will want to have a look into that because add them back in. Like, nice try, there's no escape. Just like offboarding people. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's that is a good thing, right? For that scenario. I mean, Louise, you've talked about this in the past, right? About just leaving teams, right? I've, I'm in this team, so should I just keep adding more teams as I'm going along, or should I go, I'm no longer <laughs> actually working on this, I'm gonna remove myself. And yeah, you know, I've I've definitely been doing that and, and going, right, I'm, I've been on this project, I might carry on, but actually I'm not involved there at the moment. I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna let people pull, uh, let people know, you know, it allows well, you let when you're know. building templates out, well, when you're building templates out, then they can have you can have automations off the back of that, so you can yeah. you can factor that in then to your your design uh, of your of your templates of what is our offboarding uh, process for this team, if you like, or what do we need to do. Um, so I, I think yeah, again, that's good. Also, if people are leaving the team and we get an overview somewhere that people are leaving teams, then we can ask them, hey, why did you leave that team? Was it not relevant to you anymore? Is it just like outdated and probably orphaned? Mm. So should we just like archive or delete or something? Just like do something about this? So, because if users do something that is slightly remotely, just like inconvenient for them, just like, yes, I need to make this decision. So that is always hard. Uh, and that leaves the team and then everyone knows that and then they will be sending me emails. But if we do have just like a process behind this, then we could gain some insights and then most probably in the future, the experience is better. 
So um, so we can marketing. I like, spam. I, just, I, 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 I like pulling data. So we can marketing spam people whenever you lose a team. Are you sure you want to? Could we check why you want to lose a team? Please rate this team from one to five. I like that <laughs> idea. This could get good actually. Uh, uh, yeah, I, but, sorry, sorry uh, go back. Um, I just want to say uh, I heard the term offboarding before, and I, I I know this concept. This exists, right? But I hardly see this out there in the wild. People just don't leave teams. They create technical debt on and on. It's the whole idea of a life cycle. I think it's not really present to most of the users. So this could really trigger that behavior that we want to see in customers and that makes that life easier. So I agree. This is a this is an awesome thing. I think to to pick up on Luis's point about uh, you know you've left a team. You know, if you're using Teams and you're building kind of community-based teams that you can join in and maybe, you know, communities of practice, things like that, and you yeah. do actually leave, that's a great insight as a as a, one of those leaders of, the, of, of that community to, to reach out and, and understand, you know, that exact reasons. Um, so it's not just a case of, you know, I made the example of, of I'm on a project and I'm no longer on that and I'm going to leave. Um, I think it, if you're using it for communities, that, that's really going to help. You Especially mean if customers continue to abuse Teams because they didn't want yeah. to just like use Yammer? Because Teams is not for communities. In my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know I, I have customers or I had customers as well who were just like, yeah, but this is just a, somehow the same. So um, no, we would just like use Teams for everything now. You heard that, right? I had customers. Don't get me wrong, but um, if a customer hires me and asks me for my opinion on things, then of course I as a consultant have an opinion. And if they do the opposite of what I tell them and then blame me afterwards, then they have been my customers. So because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why would I do that? Um but yeah. So to all my customers listening, hi. <laughs> <laughs> It's when you have the hives playing, I hate to say I told you so in the background on repeat. Always fun that. Yeah, so um this is a song that I play very, very often. And whenever a customer does not um, do as I told them and afterwards just like comes again and just says, ah, yeah. do you still remember us when you told us? <laughs> I was sending this link of all uh, the hypes. Hate to say I told you so. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> it's a classic song. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's try and wrap up um, the news. There was a few, uh, I think we've covered all the bits of news and there'll be links to all the detailed ones. We obviously didn't cover all the uh, bits in there. So uh, check out the show notes if you want to see the rest of those news bits. Uh, a few events coming up or things we've done. Uh, I recently spoke with Johnny Chips, a uh, UK based uh, MVP who knew nothing about Viva. Uh, and I hope by the end of it, he knew a bit about Viva. So uh, do give that a listen if you're look looking for any intros. Um, in terms of events, we've got oh, not very far was it? Almost just just under two weeks away. Teams Nation. Um, I think quite a few of us are speaking at this one. I'll, I'll be speaking on Ally.io. You, Louise, you're speaking on this, aren't you? Yes, I will be hosting a table talk about adaptive cards together That's with um, Thomas and Tim. Fantastic, Al. Al, you're uh, speaking and uh, organising, aren't you? 
Uh, yeah, so I'm speaking about assessments and compliance. Um, so compliance manager and compliance score and, and all of that good stuff. Um, and moderating the modern, uh, the productivity um, stream. I was going to say modern, modern work, modern but it's productivity modern productivity. productivity? Yeah. It's classic productivity. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be modern by the time we get to the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, Michael, do we have you at Teams Nation? No, um, I, I, I thought about delivering a session, but I hardly do anything with Teams lately. So and I thought there are many people out there who have great content, so shouldn't try. <laughs> Do what I did, do it on Viva and then pretend it's about Teams. Uh, um, so uh, you can just like add anything to a Teams tab. So <laughs> whatever Absolutely. you Teams so is a platform. You, you, you talk like, about yeah, So um, I, I don't know, cooking cooking soup in Teams. Slack. And then you yeah. have a session. Just like and a, and a, that's a, exactly why I said there are many people out there with great content. And I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you never saw me cooking soup in Teams. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, another event coming up. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going over to this. I, I keep seeing these and thinking, oh, I really would be good to go over to Vegas and have another big uh, SharePoint conference. And uh, we've got Scott Hanselman there speaking, Dan Home, Caruana, Charles Damana, uh, Jeff Teeper as well, I think be there in person. So I, I know it's it's good to see the US events start to get together in person as, as well. Um, I certainly won't be over there next year, but um, yeah, maybe soon. It seems to be growing and growing the, the Microsoft 365 conferences and trying to fill that space of the SharePoint conference of old as well. I think, Al, you had a nice fact about Jeff, which you haven't managed yeah. to sneak in anywhere else. So. so so I noticed on LinkedIn that he was celebrating 30 years at Microsoft. So uh, congratulations to Jeff. That's uh, quite an achievement. 30 years anywhere these days is uh, is a good achievement, but... Yeah, get, get shorter for murder in the UK. So uh, yeah, that really is quite an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, move it. It's one of those Moving evenings. Moving swiftly <laughs> on. I'd like to think Jeff's yeah, impact on the world is a little bit more than that. A little <laughs> bit more is, positive than that, definitely. Certainly yeah. true. Certainly true. Uh, on there. Um, yeah, moving quickly on. Uh, European Power Platform Conference, and uh, I can see Louise there, and I think Michael, you're you're speaking at this as well. Yeah. Uh, so over in Berlin, which should be a, a great event. What what are you covering on that one, Michael? Uh, actually, I'm on a co-hosted session together with uh, Marlin Martinez, and yeah. we are talking about why you should or should not um, dip your toes into Dataverse and model-driven apps. Nice. And actually, Marlon uh, went on a on a quest, so to say, uh, to teach me model-driven apps and data wars because this is not my home turf. And um, yeah, we will we will talk about what I learned and what what you could learn from from my let's say experience. <laughs> that sounds like a good session. And, you and will see what your... I learned by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Louise, you'll speak on ALM. No, I will uh, not speak. So, so, so these uh, these tiles are just like uh, pretty much uh, randomly. Um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like so. Um, I I, I will not speak about uh, ALM. I have um two sessions. Uh, one with my co-speaker Yannick, and we will talk about uh, Fusion Dev. Hello from the other side. 
how we can uh, make a fusion uh, dev team uh, together, uh, like makers and developers. And the other thing is um, 10 things you should think about before you build an app, because um, we've all been there that we first wrote code or first um, took up some <laughs> controls or first sketched something out and after that, oh wait, so uh, perhaps we should um, put some thought into that as well. And uh, I will share what you th should think about if you want to build an app. Nice. Um, we've got coming up the Microsoft 365 virtual marathon. Uh, we don't know yet who's speaking that. I think the call for speakers uh, is closing today if I'm uh, right. Oh no, 30, 31st of March, so a little bit of time. So if you are a speaker, um, have a look at that great event. I know they have massive amounts uh, that take place in that, lots of different tracks in different countries. So if you are a speaker, keep an eye out for that one. Um, we have the Scottish Summit coming up, which is getting more and more exciting um, by the day, um, even if some people are looking at uh, flights and realising quite how expensive it can be to fly to Glasgow. And I think the top tip from this afternoon I heard was, if you are flying in from Europe, have a look to flight to Edinburgh instead of Glasgow because um, they can be a lot cheaper so uh, don't miss out because you're scared by the flight prices do come along it should be amazing uh, and finally got a commsverse coming up uh, end of June hopefully we should hear soon who some of the speakers will be we've got the uh, keynote from Jason Bradbury but uh, will be an amazing event at uh, Mercedes World as well anything any other events anyone suddenly remembered as we've been speaking no, in which case, I think it's time to wrap up the news. So thank you very much for joining us and uh, sharing your thoughts on this week's news, Michael. Um, we'll be back to speak to you again in part two as we cover um, power platform uh, adoption and governance. I was about to say automation. That's the wrong word. Adoption and governance. I really should know that. Um, but yes, you'll be educating us and we'll have a good chat about that in a minute. Um, so that will be out next week, um, if I remember to publish it correctly this time. So apologies, anyone listening to the last show, I haven't admitted this yet. Uh, whatever I did with the publishing, it didn't come out until today. So <laughs> uh, apologies to Sarah and her show there, but you'll get a double header in your feeds very soon. Otherwise, thank you very much and see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.